so it kind of messed around, as you can imagine, with like I, my identity. Like, of course. Here, you know, and yeah. here I was thinking about what does it mean to be American? And in a weird way, it's like almost super home. Like, this is what it means to be American. Yeah. Like to like have all these We're identities. We're all mutts. We're all yeah. mutts. Welcome to Lunch with Shelly, the podcast featuring conversations with colleagues, friends, family, business leaders. At lunch, here's Shelly. Our special lunch guest today is a really, really interesting person. Her name is Philippa Hughes, and she's someone I met relatively recently, around 2016, actually, when she was hosting Breaking Bread dinners during what was and continues to be a very tumultuous political environment. Since then, we've had a bunch of other dinners and our own lunches together, and I've become a real fan of what she's doing, which is, I think, consistently fascinating. Philippa is a social artist, which is such a cool phrase, and as I understand it, it means that her art is to bring people together in conversation. In fact, she was recently described as an artist who uses people instead of paint, which again is so cool and unique. I love to follow her on her social pages and have avidly monitored her thoughts and missives from her life in Paris, where she lived for a while, as well as the many art-esque projects that she continues to support and be involved in. There are many reasons why I like Philippa so much, but fundamentally it's because she has a great heart and really awesome energy. It was about time for us to get together for lunch anyway, and when I asked if we could have our lunch on the podcast, she was immediately game, which I am so grateful and excited about. Welcome, welcome, welcome to lunch, Philippa. I am totally psyched to see you again, dine, and catch up with you. So without further ado, let's have lunch. (laughs) Hi. This is amazing. We were overdue. I know. Yeah. Well, you've been doing so much. I mean, we have so much to catch up on. Now, before we catch up, where are we? (laughs) We are at Evoila. That's right. Which we love. Mm -hmm. We are drinking two champagnes and a rum and coke, respectively. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Bacardi. (laughs) And um, actually, I am thinking of not having the omelet today, which is very, very exciting for me. I think I'm going to go have something else. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I'm stretching myself. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous, sunny day outside. It's very fall. And we are thrilled to be at Evola. And we'll hear from Marvin a little later on. He's helping Marvin's us out today. Yeah, and you him. love Marvin. I do love Marvin. Yeah, I love I all of these I guys. Well. I know. Yeah. And I love his name. But, but mostly way, I love him. I say this person. all the time, but Shelly gets so much special treatment <laughs> at all these lunch spots we go to. It's like they all know her. She's a regular. She gets hugs wherever she goes. I do. And so just it by association, so you feel special. Because well, especially <laughs> these places because they're very special to me. Mm-hmm. And this is Philippa's first time at Evola. Right. It is. I, I, I don't often come over to this part of town. I know. Well, <laughs> you know, but when you and I dine together, we've also been at Black Salt together, yeah. which we've done a podcast from. And and I come sometimes to your pla- I place. Know. <laughs> I'm impressed. I know. So you'll Which have to give us like, a review of Ed yeah. Bola when we're done. You'll have to give us your thoughts. Okay. And also, <laughs> she, you lived in Paris, so I mean, is it hard for you to eat anywhere <laughs> else or have, have your taste buds acclimated again? No, because I love to eat, so right. I'll eat anything. I'll try anything, <laughs> but. Paris did spoil me a little bit. I have to admit, I feel like such a brat, but like, oh, every every sentence is always like, 
in Paris. It right. was like this. Right. And then my friends are like, oh, my God, there she goes again. I just really loved it. I mean, so so tell everybody why you went to Paris. And, I mean, tell me. I was following you and um, reading your writings, which mm-hmm. I called missives. And then I really liked when you laughed in your farewell party. Like, that whole thing was so cool. Oh but what gosh. was the? I know. But what was yeah. the impetus of going? Aside from, I guess, the obvious that it's Paris. Yeah. There's a whole long story. Oh, good. So We have nowhere to go. Okay. I love yeah. when people say that. Todd and I yeah. are always like, yeah. that's fine. I've got tape. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give you a slightly short version, but I know you're going to have a lot of questions. Yeah, okay. Um, but the slightly short version is, well, you know, I went around the country bringing people together across right. a political divide, and it was a project called Looking for America. So I went to Anchorage, Alaska. I went to El Paso, Texas, and everywhere in between organizing these dinners around this question, what does it mean to be American? And then in the process of asking other people that question, I started asking myself that question. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mother is Vietnamese and my father is Irish. They've been divorced for a long time and I'm I'm a little bit estranged from my father. And so I kind of, what I was trying to do was write a book. I went to Paris to write a book because I thought, oh, I'm going to go where the green writers, of course. Did you buy a beret? Like, were you just such a a caricature? (laughs) I mean, I was a total caricature. I was living the Emily in Paris life without the outfits, you know. And so I was trying to write about the experience of looking for America, that project. But then I was trying to write about my personal experience and weaving those stories together. And in that process, I did some research on my father. And so I did some amateur genealogy. I traced him back to Perry County, Alabama in 1850. Oh, my God. Um, But then it just abruptly stopped. So then I thought, I bet if I, I I bet, you know, that's when our people, our Irish people came to America. And so I should, like, do some research into Ireland. So I did a DNA test to figure out where to go in Ireland. Because I was thinking, I'm going to be in Paris. I could zip over and go find our people in Ireland. And so I get the DNA test back two days before I go to Paris, and it turns out he wasn't my father. Oh, (laughs) wow. You know what? Those genealogy tests are terrible. I mean, they really have these... um, Unexpected results. I was going to say reverberations, but that well, is lots of reverberation. One of the things that can happen. Yes. Yeah. And you, I've read about that happening, but I didn't think it was right. going to happen to me. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So it did tell me who my biological father was. Oh. Who, As in a name? Nope. Um, okay. But I basically it said, "Here's your first cousin," and then I traced. I figured it out through that. Like, I contacted that guy, etc. And then I met... Because at this point, you're invested. And there's no way in the world you're not going to follow this all the way through. Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, after I got over the shock yeah. and, like, right, right, literally right. paralyzing shock. Yeah. 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 Um, so that guy, biological dad, is, was died 10 years ago. So I, I, oh. I'll never meet him. But I've met my half-siblings. Wow. Wow. Um, who are very nice people. Um, Do you and, look like them at all? Yes. You're kidding. Totally. Did, I'm not kidding. When they, met <laughs> not you, kidding. when they met you, did you say, oh, you look like dad or you have these um, characteristics? I look like the two sisters. Okay. Yeah. Okay. When yep. they're like, when we put our pictures of when we were children it's next to like, each other, yep, I was like, there it is. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it's it's because I'm like an Asian looking version of them. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, so it's kind of weird, but, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. there's definitely like, oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Shelly, turns out I'm half Jewish. Good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good for all of us. Good for all Another of us. Another team yeah. member. <laughs> 
So, you know, I'm kind of From telling, your biological father's side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're like all 100% mm-hmm. Eastern European Ashkenazi Jews, and which is what my DNA test said. And I was like, that's wrong. At first, I was like, that's wrong. Right. But then I just very easily figured out that was right. So you find out that you're... Who you thought was your father is not your father. And this new person, you meet the cousins, not the actual father. But then eventually you get the name. And not only is he not Irish, but he's Jewish? Yes. Or partly Jewish or entirely Jewish? No, he's 100% Jew. Wow. Yeah. And where did they live? They lived um, around, but they were from New York. They, li- they grew- okay. He grew up in New York, in right. Brooklyn. Right. You know, so they're like those kind yeah. of Brooklyn. Wow. Jews, what know? a mind bender. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, I, mean, you I were, was in shock. Yeah. I had to get a therapist. I never yeah, had a therapist yeah, yeah, yeah. before. Really? <laughs> and I had to get a therapist because <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my God. So, yeah. you know, and so it kind of messed around, as you can imagine, with, like, I, my identity. Like, of course. Here, you know, and yeah. here I was thinking about, what does it mean to be American? And in a weird way, it's, like, almost. Super home. Like, this is what it means to be American. Yeah. Like, to, like, have all these We're identities. We're all mutts. We're all yeah, mutts. Exactly. And you way, don't even know who you are. That's the question, too. Towards the end of the show, that I want to ask. Mm. I mean, you did the research. You going across the country with this question: What does it mean to be American? I want to ask: What does it mean to be yeah. American? But not yet. Right. Once you finish. Once yeah, we, we had to, so we're anyway, not even in Paris yet. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> I mean, but even Paris helped me kind of to think about what it means to of be course. American because I was starting to make all these friends who um, are like expats, you know, Americans yeah. in, in Paris, and like I remember this one couple. They they left America because they were so mad about Trump. And you know all the things. Did they really? Yep. And then they're like, and they're like, I just never fit in. I can't fit into a world like that. And then they got to Paris, and they're like, We oh are God, so we American. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> actually, I do fit into a world. Like yeah, that. <laughs> actually, I do. You know, so like putting yourself in different contexts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and what you think is not necessarily you know what is well let me ask you i mean maybe this is logistics but you find out two days before you're going mm-hmm. wow literally and then i go and i'm like and did you put off your trip or you nope. just you got on the plane just and like holy like, smokes here yeah. we are because you know, <laughs> i love those long We're plane going. rides because you're sort of in no man's land and so right. it was probably actually sort of cathartic you know well i will say weirdly um not weirdly but i, I <laughs> I was in Greece at the time. <laughs> so Adam, oh. my um, boyfriend oh. Adam and I were vacationing in Greece. Oh. And then he went home. Oh. You know, we found out two days before I was going to Paris and he he was going home. So it, it was kind of like, well, at least I'm in Greece. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Finding out this incredible information. That might be the title of the show. Well, at, at least, least I'm, I'm in, in Greece. Greece. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you are listening to Lunch with Shelly. Marvin is here. Say hi, Marvin. Um, Marvin, I am going to do the yellowtail tartare, please. Yes, please. Extra, extra crispy with ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise. Will you be sharing those fries? Of course. <laughs> I'm going to have the bolognese, please. Mm-hmm. The beef stew. And the mashed potatoes? You know, it, are, do you have any sort of um, spinach? Spinach I'll take the spinach. Yeah, work perfect. The mashed potatoes are so good. I know. I and always I, I comment probably... on his order. <laughs> so judgy. I know. No, but I'm taking notes. And, and so that, the next time it's like, okay, I know what to get. Oh, my God. I have this Deepak Chopra book, and there are seven lessons. And part of lesson one is don't judge every moment. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. Well, the last and time I we were here. I forgot about it. I should have read it this morning. The last time we were here, I got the salad. 
salad, and yes. I, I wanted the smaller portion. You're like, oh, yes. no, 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 I no. you've got to get those. And also he ordered something not the fries, and I was like, dude, why wouldn't you get the <laughs> exactly. fries? Exactly. They're so good. So you're in Paris. Do you yeah. have, like, a cute apartment? And where were you in Montmartre? Or I can't remember for where you were. For part of the time. Okay. So I was... I had planned to be there for six weeks, and I got this super cute apartment near the um, Musée d'Orsay. Like, it was literally across the street. And, my, and then but I got... But that's not Montmartre. That's, no. Right. No. Um, I was only going to stay for six weeks, and then I was like... I spent for the first month being shocked, so I right. couldn't even wait <laughs> for a month. So I was like, well, I can't go home yet. <laughs> and so just by sheer luck and coincidence, whatever, friends of friends own a par- uh, this apartment in Montmartre. And happened to be in Paris, and we're like, well, we're leaving in a few days. Why don't you just stay in our place? Oh, my gosh. I'm like, why don't I? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So I changed my ticket and <laughs> moved up to their apartment and stayed, you know, for the for rest of the For a while? How yeah, long were you there? Uh, three months. Oh, it's, it, felt it felt like probably six. longer. Yeah, I know. Right. I wish it had been longer, <laughs> right. but um, the visa rules only allow you to stay <laughs> for 90 days, so I left on the 90th day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But it was so prolific for you. It was. It was like this, like my mind was exploding every day and like, you know, Paris, like it's right. just, it truly is an inspiring city. So you'll have to start following her. Mm-hmm. Although these are stories that I guess you could still find. But anyway, she would go to these, um, like, she, of course, she went to where Hemingway wrote, which is like six <laughs> totally. or seven places, I'm sure. Right. 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 And um, and she would sit outside and she would talk about and she would take long walks and she would look at the river. I mean, it was really really fun because it was transporting yeah. to read what Philippa was writing. And it was transformative for me. Yeah, like it truly was transformative. Okay, like you know, there is something about being surrounded by beauty that yeah. does change your brain yeah. chemistry. Wow. You know, like everywhere I'd look, I'd be like, oh my god. That's beautiful, and that's beautiful. This was during COVID, right? Yeah. But so, what was COVID like in Paris? Well, that was when they had the, what they call they called the pass sanitaire, where you had to you would prove that you had been vaccinated, and then you'd get a code on your phone, oh. and then everywhere you go, you can just show that. That's a good idea. Code. Mm-hmm. Why didn't we do that? <laughs> because many Americans would be like, they're trying to track right. us. That might get back to the question yeah. to be. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, and, but no, but you have to show your right. thing all yeah. the time. Yeah. I was but taking make pictures it, So you might as well just make it easy. Exactly. But actually, every weekend, because, you know, the French love to protest all the time, every Saturday there would be a, a protest against that pass. Oh, funny. And then, but it got to be fewer and fewer people as time would go on. Right. But there were actually signs in France. But with French people holding it, like anti-Fauci signs oh, really? and things like that, I was like, "That's so interesting that they're so tied into did you our grab politics." One? That not. would have been such a good I thing. Have that okay. I definitely have pictures. Yeah, um, every weekend, we're like, "Oh, there they are again." <laughs> yeah. What did you learn, or how were you inspired in a way by Paris that you would not have been if you didn't go? Mm-hmm. Well. I mean, the main, there's so many ways I was inspired by Paris. Yeah. I mean, just the physical space. Did you like, start wearing scarves? Oh, yeah. I'm not <laughs> no, a scarf. That's really no, it's true. A thing. I'm not a I know, scarf me wearer. Either. But I was there for so long that it did start getting cold, and I was like, I guess I have to start wearing scarves, right. you know? 
the inspiration, though, like that. I mean, you know, there is something to be said. I think that's why the right, like the great writers of the 20th century, went to Paris during right. that period. You know, with Gertrude Stein, right? Because being a, in a place that cares about authors. <laughs> Really right. matters. Yeah, like they re- they revere writers there. Right, and like you, I, I don't know. I felt that. You know, maybe it's just me projecting or whatever. But I felt it. And like everywhere you go, they would have little plaques saying, you know, Sartre was here and Simone de Beauvoir was there. You know, like they really revere yeah. writers. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, is the book done? No. Okay. So then I, I, I got up to the point where I had to tell my mom. Well, I was just going to say, go back like, to when that. I, yeah. And then that kind of stopped me in my tracks because that was very hard. Just disconcerting. Disconcerting is too light of a word. Too light of a word. Yeah. Way too light, but you get the point. Yeah. And I, I think it really, I just wasn't ready to move beyond that. And so I, it's, it's been hard for me to write. That's been my, plus I had to like make some money. And right. so, you know, I had to get back to work. So I've been busy working, but also processing, like, what this means in terms well, of, like, my mom. Are you celebrating the high holidays? <laughs> I, I'm not quite Did there you? yet. <laughs> I'm not quite there. Um, um, Adam is Jewish, so, you know. That's what I thought. Yeah, so I'm kind so of he was peripherally. Sort of psyched, right? Yeah. He's, you know. <laughs> right. Whatever. So I'm like, I'm aware of the holidays. <laughs> Five, seven, eight, three. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I know what that means now. Right. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, at the risk of, and obviously we can edit everything, but did your mother lie or did she honestly not know? So, and I do think it's Which interesting. Very, yeah. I do think it's interesting. So essentially what happened was... She said that I was lying and that it didn't oh. happen, and she had no idea what I was talking about. <gasps> and then we haven't spoken of it since. Well, that's sort of a fair response. Absolutely. And in fact, now I'm on all these Facebook groups for people in my position, and 50% of the time, that is, that's what people report happening. And so I was kind of ready for that. Right. So, I, I mean, it still was like kind of a bummer, and it hurt a little bit, but also I, I, I was ready for her to... Is, is it at all possible? I mean, aren't these tests somewhat fallible? Nope. Really? <laughs> so people think they are. What they're right. fallible on is what your percentage of this or that is. Oh. But what, if it says you're related to somebody, you are related to that person. But I did test that. <laughs> so three of my new four half-siblings also after I contacted them. They were motivated to test themselves? Mm-hmm. And they, it conf- it, every single one said that I was their half-sibling. Oh my goodness. And then I got my brother to take it. My brother who I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And it came back that he and I were half. And he came up with the profile that I thought I was going to have, like half. Oh, so his father was the person you thought was your father. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so it's all confirmed. But that's also very complicated. Yes, it is. <laughs> Tell me about the it. plot thickens. That's the what plot. I was going to say. Yeah. But, wow. Yeah. I was going through your Facebook stuff to mm-hmm. write my intro, frankly, mm-hmm. and uh, remind me about you know whatever and whether or not you had two P's in your name, like stupid stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. but you were at um, the German embassy and you were talking about, which is really great because this happens to me all the time, how you meant to say something in the oh, moment yeah. and your perfect thought only came uh-huh. afterwards. And then it was a much longer missive and description, but what you wrote was, 
my adopted parents are poetry and the people I've chosen to call family. And I was like, wow, that is so beautiful. Oh, thank you. I really I love mean, that so line. I was really quite proud of that line. My adopted parents are poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the people. And the people. Yeah. Mostly the people. Yeah. Mostly the people. You're listening to Lunch with Shelley. To quote Ronald Reagan, like, if you move to France, you can't become French. If you move to Germany, you can't become German. But if you move to America, you can become American because America is anything. Anything. You can be anything. That's a fantastic quote. It's awesome. He understood what it means to be American. We can all be American. And there is no formula. So that's why it's hard to answer that question because it's really, there there is no formula. Well, that's sort of the answer. That's the answer. Yeah. Like, a New York Jew is just as American as a fundamentalist Christian guy from Arkansas. And there could I mean, not be more different. there's a great debate about that. But yes, I would agree. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody flinty from Maine is as American as somebody from Georgia of or Montana. There's debate right. about all of that. But right. at the end of the day, like, actually, they're all Americans. Right. As you know, I'm really involved in the art. I have been really involved in the art scene here. And I'm really disconnected from the art scene right now because, like, I used to be an arts commissioner. I used to run this newsletter every week about art, you know. And so people kind of really knew me that way. Mm -hmm. And I stopped that during the pandemic. So I feel like I feel like people don't think of me when they think of art stuff anymore. So I've been feeling really? another little identity <laughs> crisis yeah. because that was such my identity for so long. What is the therapist? Yeah, I, I, you know I should ask her what she, what I should anyway. But yeah, I you know helpful for, hints from Shelley. Yeah, yeah. And so actually, I mean that is a good kind of segue in the idea about identity. Like we have so many different identities, yeah. and like some are more important at different times than others. You know, and so. Art person in DC was like a primary identity for me yeah. that I've kind of lost in a way. And not in been, my mind, if it helps. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't know enough but artists. I will here, say, like, just but as I would a, consider you one. Yeah. Well, as a sidebar, yeah. I mean, I do. I think people think of me as an art person, but like, there's this really big art opening tonight. This the oh, Rubel's thank you, art. Thank you. The Rubel Museum is opening tonight as like this VIP preview party. And normally I would have, like in the yesteryear, I would absolutely have been invited to that. No, you know, I, but now I had to like kind of finagle my invitation. <laughs> well, and I was like, oh, I can't believe right. it. You know? Well, if it I'm sure it doesn't make you feel better, I don't even know about it and was not invited. But what? I like the word Rubel though. Mm. So where is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it R U B E L? Is it a person? <laughs> Else, yeah. Okay. Um, do you remember Studio Fifty Four? Right. Oh, was owned Steve by Steve Rubell. When he died, he gave all his money to his brother Don. And so Don and his wife Mira have this magnificent art collection, and they mostly display it in Miami at their space there. But they've opened a space here in DC. It's been in the works Where for like ten is years. It? It's in Southwest DC. And it's really cool. They took the old Rand, I think it's called Randolph School or Randolph School, and turned it into their museum. It's so it's super a big cool. building? Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah. Is, so here's a fun fact that you guys are both going to be, I think, blown away from. <laughs> so my parents were very, very friendly with Francesco Scavulo, mm-hmm. who was the photographer in the 70s during Studio 54 mm-hmm. days. 
And uh, my father was head of his foundation. He has since passed. Mm -hmm. And then I think he was helping Francesco's partner through it all. And I think the partner has passed. Mm -hmm. And I know that my father isn't dealing with it anymore. I mean, it's um, not in his wheelhouse at present. But I wonder if they have Scavulo art or, I mean, I don't know, maybe you Mm. could call them up and say, I just had this very interesting conversation (laughs) and I might be able to help you acquire some pieces. Mm -hmm. He actually took pictures of me uh, prior my first first, uh, wedding. And oh they my were gosh. actually not good, but it just was really the fault of <laughs> But to me. say that he I took know. The, Yeah. And pictures of my parents. Yeah. That's super I mean, cool. like, we have All a right, bunch I, of school stuff. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if we'll keep it in, but yay. <laughs> I can contribute to art. <laughs> and cheers to that. Mm. Are you still doing oh dinners? Yes. Are so, they necessary? I mean, they're as necessary, I guess. Maybe more than ever. Yeah. But, you know, the last one was literally right before the pandemic, and then we had to stop. And so about to do the ne- very next one next week in Michigan. In Michigan. Yeah. And I think when you and I had had lunch early days, you have a sponsor that's helping you do this. Well, that was that earlier, that Looking for America project, but that ended because, okay. like, who knew when the next thing, and then they stuff happened. So mm-hmm. we, we're not, I'm not working with them anymore. Okay. Um, no big deal. But now right. I'm working with the University of Michigan Art Museum. So nice. we're doing the dinner in the museum. Which is kind of where I was going with the Looking for America. Yeah, because I think you had written also that you like having it be around art because it's soothing and inspiring. Yeah, and, all those and there's all, all kinds of reasons. Um, but I want to tell you this exciting story about oh, what happened with this dinner. So, okay. so I've been organizing it. And um, as usual, even, it's always, but this has always been the case, when I start inviting people, when I announce it, lots of liberal left-leaning people are like, yay, count me in. And then <laughs> Sorry, I, so. not, not, I mean, no, because like, it's not necessarily... No, but they want to talk. It's not framed uh, around art. It's okay. framed around, let's have a cross-political yeah, yeah, conversation. Yeah. And I always have to spend a lot of time recruiting conservatives. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, getting a little bit worried because Ann Arbor is like the bluest of blue. Places. Oh, it is? Oh, my God. You know, it's a university town. I've never been there yet. Well, it's, you know, campus town. So I don't like, think I've ever been in Michigan, but go ahead. It's a very interesting place. Okay. Let's come back to that. But <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God, like a few weeks ago, I was like, we are, like, we're not going to be able to make this happen. Right. We, don't, we had like five conservatives. Then my colleague at the museum Posted an invitation to the dinner on Next Door, and you know what Next Door is? Well, I've heard of it, but what is it? I'm not entirely sure to be okay, honest, yeah, yeah. but it's like a neighborhood. It's like a neighborhood. Oh yeah, yeah. You share and you share information, like oh, like Anything this is when the leaf pickup is. Yeah, leaf pickup okay. stuff. If someone's missing a, 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 a pup, yeah. Like, hey, has anyone seen the dog? It's the about your neighborhood. Hey, my car got broken into two days ago. Yeah, well, look Did anybody see anything? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like that. And so several people messaged back saying, don't go. It's a trap. Are you kidding? (laughs) No, I'm not kidding. He screenshotted all this stuff for me. But one guy posted, I googled Philippa Baum Hughes, and she's a activist liberal Democrat who is out to like with a, a progressive agenda, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, she's been cited by the Washington Post right. and PBS. I'm like, oh my gosh. Anyway, so you'll be so proud of me, Shelley. So funny. I had Jim invite that guy to lunch on my behalf. Oh, and you wrote about this, yes, didn't you? Yeah. I'm going to write more about it yeah. because I, he and I are still getting to know yeah. each other. But he and I had lunch together. Right. We had lunch, right? And it was awesome. 
and he even wrote on next door like, I'm putting myself out on a limb but I think this woman is authentic oh, and she's you know nice. so authentic is like the greatest word to me I know I I was actually I was happy yeah, <laughs> yeah I was pretty happy <laughs> but anyway I don't know lunch Where? lunch well, our lunch has come to a conclusion. We're probably going to have to go back to work or take a nap or both, <laughs> something like that. But we sincerely hope that you like today's podcast. Please visit us at lunchwithshelly.com, download it, let us know what you think, and we'll look forward to having lunch with you again soon. Thanks for listening to Lunch with Shelly. Share the podcast, rate, and review. 